<laughs> if I burp, is that okay? Absolutely. I, I like to burp. All right. Great. That's awesome. Let's do it. I'm actually going to move it up a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. Actually, the closer you are, I like to just get on it. I like to make out. All right. I think I can. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> friends, I want to welcome you back to the Modern Folk Podcast. Boy, am I excited about this guest. We have Mr. Benjamin Saul tonight. Yeah. It's Friday night. It's nine o'clock. Yeah. We're three. And we're hanging out. We're three beers in and pad thai full. And Oh, baby. Modern folk, they make good friends. I'm just starting to figure it out. Don't lose yourself to loneliness because modern folk are all around. So, Ben is a beautiful folk flower. He's a... Uh, Probably the most ambitious young man that I know. Wow, no one's ever called me a folk flower or ambitious. So, well, you it's are a man. Huge compliment. Um, <laughs> he's a beautiful musician and uh, avid cyclist. Yes. And uh, you know, Ben, you just get excited about life, and that's why I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thanks, it, man. It's too easy to not get excited. That's my thing. It's like, why not? I your excitement about music. And cycling is really, uh, I don't know, it, it it gets me going. I'm Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, so here's the thing. I love, what I love about music and cycling, they're like two things that you wouldn't think actually fit themselves very well. But I love that music is such like an intimate, personal connection, either with yourself or with other people. Mm-hmm. And then cycling can be the exact same, where it can be as extroverted or introverted as you want. Um, and what I love to do being the introvert that I am who loves people, um, I love to use music to share with people and I love to cycle by myself and listen to that music that I care about. So, um, to me, they, they, they taste so well together and they, they mix really, really nicely, um, in a way that, that makes my life way easy and way, way enjoyable. So that's beautiful to hear. Um, yeah, I, I love music and cycling as well. For me, music is a way to communicate to people. I'm not always the best at like verbally communicating, right. but uh, um, like emotions I can convey with music and that, I don't know, when I listen to music, I feel everything that is trying to get across. <laughs> right. No, it's it's easier to to express these complex words and thoughts that you have. And in fact, we were just talking about this. My friend was like, well, just say the things you'd normally say and use new words um, or use words you wouldn't normally use. And that's totally right. Just this idea of, of expressing yourself in a way that one is uniquely you, but also is accessible and, and approachable by others. I mean, that's the whole point of folk music, right? That's the whole point of what we, what we do. So, yeah, you don't even, uh, universally, uh, music, you can understand other cultures, what is being conveyed just by listening to the music. You don't have to understand the lyrics to, to understand that it's a happy song or right. No, right. Exactly. Well, I actually have spent, I've spent the past six months, um, working with one of my teachers actually to transcribe Soweto gospel choir music. So music from the South African world renowned Soweto gospel choir. It's never been written down. Their, their tradition is to listen and sing. And so, Western audiences don't have the opportunity to look at the music, which is something we rely on traditionally, to look at the music and sing. And so him and I have been working on writing it down for the first time and being able to, I know I have to burp too, um, writing it down for the first time and sharing it 
Um, which has been really cool for me because I've gotten to like, I mean, I just spent hours and hours listening to the same songs over and over. That's amazing. And that music isn't transcribed. Normally. No, it's, it's an, passed down. It's passed down. Uh, what by rote technically is what it's called, which means by ear. Um, so I would sing it to you. I would teach you the melody and then you would teach someone else the melody. So it's never, it's never been written down. We're the first people, um, my teacher and I were the first two individuals to have ever transcribed and published the music. So that, that's exactly that whole, like reaching across. I mean, we don't speak Swahili or one of the 12 tongues of South Africa. Um, but we can connect so deeply with the music because when you're with people who love to make music, the music, I mean, everyone loves it. That's the whole point. That's amazing. That's why we make music. <laughs> right. To connect to people. Right. Uh, ben, tell me a little bit more about your background and your life and uh, what you're up to. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm a music teacher. I actually teach 6th through 8th grade choir where I work with students who don't want to be there, um, which is just like the harsh reality of my job, right? Um, but also it's really, really lovely because you have those days where it's like you have that total brat or in some cases five total brats in the same class and they, they don't want to make music, but then they walk out and they're like, you know, that wasn't so bad. Or you have the sixth graders who are like super cute and they love music even though they like are really bad at it. Um, and it's just two very different rewarding aspects of my job. I also um, am a gigging musician. So I, I sing in Omaha. I sing at St. Cecilia's Cathedral to make music and solos and small ensemble music making. And I'm also a bike mechanic. So if I'm not waving my arms and making that's a very fulfilling life right? it, it is it is because because what i what i what i will say about my profession is that it lacks a product once i'm done once i'm done conducting and waving my arms and interacting with individuals um, the music that we created it's gone and i think that's a special and beautiful part of what we do but also it's a sad part and so what i love about being a bike mechanic is that i can work on a bike and the bike still exists. It still is physically there when I'm done. Um, it makes my job as a teacher more rewarding because I get to appreciate that that limited 48 minute minutes of time that I get to spend with those students before what we do essentially disappears. That's beautiful. That's one aspect of music that I really enjoy. Music is the only art form that takes time. It right. literally, there has to be an element of time to appreciate it. Right. And it's just some magical part of life to, to take a, a bit of your life away just to appreciate sound or something or the, the emotion associated with that sound. No, I, I love that. I actually, some of my students are well beyond their years mentally and they come to me and they're like, Mr. Sawa, you've heard this song. And normally the answer is no, cause it's pop music. And I, I tend not to listen to pop music too much, but they, we listen to it together and we always, we always talk about, well, why do you like it? Cause I, I want to know why you like it. And I think that what's really special to me as an educator and as a musician, someone who values music making in general, um, is that these kids are like making those connections for the first time. Well, they're like, I really resonate awesome. with, I really resonate with this, or I really love this person because they, they are this and they're singing about this and I, I care about that. And so like seeing students make that connection for the first time connections that you and I have made many times and are actively making in our own music is super special. So that's very special. Um, 
sort of talking about the podcast, but please, this is like a reason for me to do this is just to record a segment of time. So I'm not going to be around forever. Right. And, um, maybe my podcast won't be around forever either, but it's kind of immortalizing me in this recording. Right. And so all these conversations, like eventually will just be a collection of, uh, who I am and, and my friends. Right. So no. And well, that's, it's some spiritual way of recording the essence of who I am. Right. Well, cause I mean, you're only alive as long as people breathe your name. And unfortunately we common folk, we modern folk, Common um, modern folk. We, we common modern folk who just don't have the luxury of having our name repeated for generations. That's just not the reality. Um, and so I, I think about that a lot. Like, what can you do right now to, um, like, because no one wants to be gone forever, but also I know what I have to say probably doesn't matter to everyone in the whole world. So how can I make an impact to those who will listen? Music making is an easy way. Um, there's nothing that hasn't already been said that I can say. There's nothing. I mean, hmm. all of the great... That sounds like a Beatles song. <laughs> it sounds like a Beatles song. Um, it sounds like some lyrics I should write down. Um, but, I mean, all the great poets and the great musicians have, have already existed. And it's not that there won't be more, but um, I am not one of the greats, and that's okay. But I do love that I can still share my voice and and create a space and in fact this is what you're doing right now is creating a space for both of our voices to collaborate one in conversation to explore like life and i was gonna say liberty and the pursuit of happiness but that's not really the point of this podcast but um but also music right and and something that we care about which is immortalizing ourselves through music in some way so i had mentioned once before about the pursuit of happiness and I the movie or just no, the the expression. Oh, I think it was damn. in reference to this podcast. It was me talking about the pursuit of happiness. Okay, that and fits. I I was thinking about that more. I don't like that expression because uh, this is the happiness. Like I'm I, my whole life, I'm pursuing something greater. But at the same time, it's like I this is this is it. Right. The, the friendship, the connections that I'm making, that is the happiness. Right. We're, and so it's more like not the pursuit of happiness, but just the living the happiness. Right. And that's like, I think what people don't get is that like life is so much happier when you just are like willing to be there. And for me, I, I, I love that. Not It's not the pursuit of happiness. It's just about existing in the happiness that's already there. It is yeah. the happiness. Yeah. It's here, baby. We want, we want to be better, of course. We want other things, of course. But like also... Damn, we're we're thriving right now. We made it. We made it. I love that. I um. So you you say that it reminds me, and we've been talking about this a little bit, but um, I have recently wanted to like really commit to van life. Um, yes, let's get into <laughs> it. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I've like really wanted to commit to it. This is part of your ambition. Yes, right. Part of my ambition. Part of um my passion, my want, my want to, to lose the things that I exist that you see in this, this space that we're in right now that yep. don't really matter to me. Um, be connected more with the earth, more with my music, uh, more with my bikes, um, which I care a lot about, but also, um, just cause I'm not there actively doesn't mean that I'm not satisfied. I'm totally, um, emotionally satisfied. Um, and there's other things I crave of course, but like, I love where I'm at and I, if I can't admit that, then there's, I, I think that there's a problem. Um, and I don't think the problem lies with me. I think it just lies with the culture that we've 
developed as a society and that there has to be something more. Yep. We want there to be something more, but that what we have is also awesome. Okay. So, um, give me your elevator speech on van life. Elevator speech. Okay. You got 30 seconds oh. and go. Okay. Only will cost a hundred dollars more per month to live. Um, we'll have housing for grad school in four to six years. Um, $25 subscription to planet fitness for free parking, not free parking, $25 parking and showers. And also take students on field trip to Mr. Saul's house. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You might want to think about that. Well, the thought is that the van (laughs) won't be, yeah. The thought is that it won't be white. So I think it's more okay. Fine. Yeah. Right. Like a gray van. And my students were really hype about it. I told them that I wanted a van and they were (laughs) like that. They, they came up with this. They were like, that means we can like visit your house. And I was like, that's sweet. Yeah. We could, I guess feasibly walk down the street to my parking spot. Um, but they seemed so, invested. Uh, what all do you want in this van? Yeah. That's, the ideal situation. Um, it. It's going to take a lot of math, some number crunching, some, some manual labor, but in the dream world, this van, um, hosts a portable shower, a functioning sink, um, a compostable toilet, <laughs> some internal plumbing some internal no just a compostable toilet doesn't need any i guess the sink needs plumbing uh i don't even know if i need a sink i do need at least three bikes okay and i need i would love an a, like a full-sized keyboard because that means my music of and my music and my my bikes my two passions can like exist with me um i'd also love to like hang my guitars from the ceiling like above my bed which i think would be a good use of space um but besides that, as long as there's bikes and a piano, I could frankly care what's... Oh, and swivel seats. I want some I want some captain chairs so I can save space and have guests over and not be weird. Ben and I have experienced van life before. It's true. Uh, I have invited Ben into my quarters on a little biking trip. We uh, Not a little biking trip. It was a multi-day bike across Nebraska. A, like in a, a whole... <laughs> We could conquered like northern Nebraska. It was incredible. Yeah, that was a few years ago, and um, yeah, we uh, we rode the Cowboy Trail, Cowboy Trail, Western Nebraska, and we slept in my van together. Yep, you hammocked. I slept on the yeah, couch. We, I, we didn't cuddle. Too bad. Yeah, that's we can do it again. Right, I was no one stopping us. Recreate from the magic. Again. Well, actually, we plan, we were just talking about this, we plan on revisiting the Cowboy Trail, um, and rather than taking the van, we would love to bike, the whole whole thing is like 360 miles, um, and we want to bike the whole thing consecutively, bike camp, without without the van at all, so live off of our bikes through the whole trail. Um, Do you have any good memories, or what's one good uh, memory from our excursion? Well, can I share two? Yes. Okay, one's really short. So my one favorite memory, this one's more funny. There's this really good photo of us smiling on a bridge. Um, and you look like a man, and I look like a boy. Um, I think I had a mustache. I think, and I had um, tiny, cold nipples. And, yeah. it made me look, <laughs> and it made me look like five. Um, and Man, we, we could have gotten in trouble that trip. Yeah, that would have been bad. Um, that's number one. I think I see that photo and I giggle, but... Um, the second thing, <laughs> my, uh, my photo for you, our con, my contact for you is, I think that photo, 
I think I cropped out the nipples, but I, I think mine is the one of you cracking my back. And, oh no! And me and me laugh crying <laughs> so hard that I lost my voice. It's hard to tell, but um, your nipples oh, are yeah. on there. Yeah. Thank goodness, you can see them more often. That's a good photo, though. That's great. Photo. I wish the audience could see it. Yeah, um, the Modern Folk Podcast is audio only at the moment, um, but here soon we might we might flip on the video, hey. the camera out. Well, if they saw the video, we could reenact my actual favorite memory from that trip, which was us finishing 50 miles in one day. And we finally sit down in front of this, like, <laughs> we, oh, yes. yeah, we like finish. And it was like, it wasn't like that grand. Like we did like 10 mile chunks and we were like sweaty and exhausted. I think we like napped on dirt at one point. Yeah, we did. Um, but we like finished the ride. We're back at the van. We're sitting on this like dilapidated abandon like county building it's like i think it was like the the office of the of the little town that we were in and right. we're sitting on this like patch of concrete we like stuck our head under a faucet mm-hmm. and ty pulls out was it eight ounces so it was an entire bag of spaghetti a tire bag and there was eight servings eight servings that's what and it was. i just remember i was like we were both famished completely and, and i was like ben uh, there's eight servings in there. Do you think that's good? And like without hesitation, you're like, yep. And so I just chucked it all in this boiling pot of water. So we cooked this eight servings of pasta for two people. And then Ty pulled out these like two cans of like mini sausages. Um, Vienna sausages. Vienna sausages. <laughs> and they were, I did not like them. So I had like two and then Ty just ate the rest of them just like with his hands. Yep. Um, And then we, I'm pretty sure we scarfed down eight servings of pasta in like less than 10 minutes, like, like sauce and all. We, uh, the next day, uh, I think I made eight servings of potatoes, potatoes. And then we we ate potatoes. (laughs) That was was the entire meal. Yeah. And yeah, we, (laughs) I mean, we needed the calories because I remember I was doing the math the whole day and like through the ride, we were eating tuna and calories and we were eating uh like just a bunch of snacks cliff bars and everything and then i mean we were still hungry we were gassed so oh yeah let's do it again right well and that that's the trip that actually inspired me and my love for riding because i hadn't owned or ridden a bike since i was a, like a young teenage middle schooler and then you just went balls to the wall balls to the walls yeah so since how many miles did you cycle last year i before my injury I had, and I was injured in August. So between January 1st and like August 17th or something, I rode 5,500 miles Holy on the bike. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So essentially I rode my bike from Nebraska. That's um, the entire country. The entire country. Um, you went across the country. Yeah. And then, and then change like, and then some. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was at one point. Jeez, you were doing a hundred mile a week. Yeah, in the winter, that winter I didn't have I didn't have anything to do in the mornings, so I would wake up every morning and I'd ride 30 to 50 miles in the mornings. And then during the summer I rode a little bit less and then I moved to Omaha again and then I'd ride a little bit less then. And then I was and then I hurt my knee, so um but yeah, a lot of miles. And that was the first year I'd ramped up. The year before I did about 2 2000. So, wow. 
It's amazing. And then you have surgery next week. I have surgery next week. Yeah. To fix my, my left knee meniscus. My meniscus is torn currently. And so they are going to cut out the torn part. Um, and the recovery, I'll walk out of the surgery. The recovery is like four days. That is amazing. I can't, I don't don't understand that. So you're going to do physical therapy. Yeah. I'm going to do, I've decided I'm going to do six weeks of physical therapy, if not more. Um, but you're like good after the surgery or yeah, you can just go, I'm allowed to run and ride as long as my wow. knee f- and my leg feel comfortable doing so. Would you ever wear something on your knee? I won't need a brace because it's not. So the meniscus is a, a like essentially a piece of cartilage. So okay. it's not like they're messing with the bone or really the skin. Um, it's orthoscopic, which means it's very non-invasive, right? So, um, essentially they're going to go in, cut out the little piece that's wrong pull it out and then my, my body's set once the wound closes i'm healed which makes me happy because i haven't been riding at all yeah. because i've been trying to feel better so all right let's be um theoretical here I, hypothetical whatever uh i want to hear some just big big vision trips that you want to do in your life yeah wow oh i love that like okay. yeah just just so lay it on me. Okay. There's a few that come to mind for a variety of different reasons. For starters, um, one of my most recently sought out after trips, um, would be to be at the tour de France, um, or the, I love it. or the Giro d'Italia. Um, I would love to be at both of the events for the duration of the event. So a whole month for each, uh, followed by a month after where I could re-ride the route that they did. Um, I wouldn't do it nearly as fast, but I, I, I want to, I want to ride in the place that the world has deemed the best places to ride. And I want to, I want to watch it. I love, I love racing. I love yeah, watching people awesome. race. So I, that's one for sure. Um, I'd also love to, obviously I want to bring my bike everywhere, but I would really love to backpack through like China or a, a less large place, Japan and like literally get dropped off on one side with a backpack and like cash in the wallet and then like walk to the other and just exist. Whether that be on the side of the road, knocking on a neighbor's house and being like, Hey, I don't speak Chinese, but help me please. Um, and meeting people and communicating through, through bare means and surviving through bare means. That's another one. Um, besides that, I, I, I just am up for adventure Um, but I'm not the planner. I just want to like, I want someone to say, let's do, let's go somewhere. And then I want to say, yes, um, that's the commitment I'm willing to make. So if someone wants to go somewhere, I'll buy a plane ticket, but I'm not necessarily interested in planning anything. That's okay. Would you do like the Appalachian trail? Oh, absolutely. I would do, I would do nearly every running or walking trail. Um, I don't want to do Mount Everest. Um, that's a money and a life grab if you ask me um but i think we've talked about this it might have been a few years ago but i think you and i talked about doing the rim to rim to rim which is um, one side of the grand canyon down and up to the other side and down and up back to the starting point um most people complete the rim to rim in like 36 to 48 hours um yeah but i would love to do it in like sub 30 um, which means running most of the time um so yeah, I think for me, when I think of adventure and traveling and exploring the world, like 
I don't want it to be easy. And it's not that I want to like be in pain the whole time, but I want to suffer. I want to be like a person who feels things that aren't just like bliss and ease. I want to like actually experience existing. Um, and to me, the easiest way to do that is to like commit to ridiculous things, um, and make them happen. I love it. I think I share the same uh, feelings as you. A, a hard life is a good life. Oh yeah. Too bad. I'm not a farmer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'd be so satisfied. Talk about living in the moment. Hell yeah. Move out to the schoolhouse with me. We've talked, I think, I think we've actually <laughs> yeah, talked yeah. about that. Too bad there's no music openings. In uh, did you know that I spent an entire year without hot water? I don't think I knew that actually. I don't tell many people this because I don't really care or think about it much, but uh, my hot water heater went out in 2019 when was, I was DJing full time. Was that COVID? No, that was before. Before COVID, okay. And I was DJing full time and I just like, I wasn't making a lot of money and I'm like, tough or i don't care and so i was like oh it's fine and it was that summer that it went out and so like it's fine i i like these cold showers and then i went the whole winter with cold showers and then 2020 came around and like covid hit i got real poor right and like i i spent an entire year without hot water and then so i ended up going back to my job just so i could like survive i see and i remember I started to make money again and I had like a thousand dollars in my bank account and I was like, like I should have bought a hot water heater, but I bought a guitar instead. <laughs> I feel that. And I was like, it's, it's worth it. I am going to play this guitar. Right. And I'm fine going another two months with cold showers. I'd rather do that with a guitar than be in comfort. I think in, in the middle of COVID, I came over to your schoolhouse and you cut my hair. Yeah. And uh-huh. I think that we talked about you not having yeah, yep. cold or hot water. I didn't have yeah, hot water. Uh, at that I, point. I don't, I, I do share this with people who I am in mid conversation with. It's not a secret. Um, but I actually don't turn my heat or AC on. Um, and I plug, unplug every appliance in my home besides the internet, unless they're actively being used, which is like a little excessive. I know. Um, but I refuse to not. I just like, I feel like I have to. You don't do uh, heating or air conditioning? No, not at all. <laughs> if, all right. if I know, it's ridiculous, right? Dude, but we should live together. I know, it'd be perfect. <laughs> so in the middle in the middle of winter, if I'm cold, I will do one of two things. I'll either put on more wool socks or I will start wearing my cycling jerseys that are made for winter. And I will just like sleep in my cycling clothing because it's warm and that's what it's made to do. And when it's hot in the summer and people are like sweating their balls off, I just uh-huh. like accept the ball sweat and walk around in short shorts. Dude, you're ready for van life. I'm literally ready for you're van life. You're made for van life. I know. I've, like, I've been preparing my whole life for this. Like no microwave, no toaster, no heating. I mean, I'm ready. I think I should commit. I love it. So uh, let's go back to music just a little bit. Please. Um. Uh, what's your favorite timbre or what's an instrument that you like the timbre of? Ooh, I love that. Um, probably, I guess there's three, um, for a variety of reasons. I love the French horn. I just do. It's like strong, it's melodic, it's bright, but it's not harsh when played well. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously everybody, including myself, loves the cello. I mean, you talk about a warm, inviting, very warm sound that, um, just like 
wraps your soul up in it. That's the cello. Um, and finally, I, I love the guitar. I'm not a fantastic guitar player, but I love, and it's maybe not even that I love the timbre of the guitar, but I love, I love stringed instruments, and I love that the guitar allows you and is designed to sing with. Um, I love the idea of being able to make music in a in an introverted way by yourself. Um, and the guitar is made to do that. So probably the one of those three. That's great. Have you seen like the timbre of instruments, uh, graphed out? So like in a a frequency spectrum, I've never seen a frequency spectrum of, of instruments. Uh, do you know what a Fourier transform is? Absolutely not. Okay. So it's a mathematical, uh, just equation. Love it. Formula. Okay. So a Fourier transform takes frequency, which is like, a a sine wave so it's it's oscillating so let's say if it was 60 hertz you would have an oscillation 60 times a second right uh in the frequency spectrum and i'm i'm showing this on my hands right now for our listeners sorry um i see one spike at 60 hertz correct so then if you were to look at the timbre of different instruments you could see like it would be all of the overtones Right, and okay. you would see the intensity of the overtones. Oh, I love that. That's cool. And so, like a brass instrument is very <laughs> sharp. Like mm-hmm. the the overtones are very and, loud. Right, insane. And um, yeah, like a, a triangle or a tuning fork is just one big fundamental. Correct. Um, so that's kind of an, a neat way to see that. Well, it's interesting you say that, and this is tangenting a little bit. But when we musicians and music teachers when we test students for Uh the first time to find out what instrument they do we do this thing called a music aptitude test yeah and it's not a are you capable of doing music it's a what type of music does your ear enjoy the most and so we find out via listening and via um via playing what instruments students ears prefer and oftentimes that's directly related to the overtones they produce and the timbre of those instruments and then we put them on those instruments because if you like the way it sounds, you're more likely to practice and prepare and, and stick with it for longer. So very interesting. That's amazing. Um, I took a, a, uh, mechanical vibrations course in a college and it was basically figuring out the fundamental frequencies of a system and then designing it. So it doesn't resonate at those frequencies. So it, was it a music class or like? No, it was oh, an okay. engineering course, okay. but it's all directly applicable to music. We literally, we talked about overtones. That's so cool. Oh my god! But gosh. they didn't call them overtones. Like we, it was so fascinating. I loved it. It was an acoustics course. Right. Taught with calculus. And you had to create machines or uh, We would analyze machines. Okay. And so... All frequency comes down to is stiffness and mass. We have an equation right. where uh, we can formulate this complex system, and if we can like group it together into a simple stiffness and the mass, uh, we can figure out the resonant frequency or the natural frequency. And then your goal was to stop it from from yeah. from vibrating at exactly, which is kind of the opposite of like what. A guitar, you would want it to resonate at a frequency that's uh, nice. Correct. Well, that's why, so in terms of resonation, that's why I prefer flat keys. So flat keys we hear as warm um, and dark and deep, and sharp keys we hear as bright and tangy. Um, Do you think that's just because we're used to that? Well, I think it's, 
it's from a variety of things like historically in music um like back in the like the renaissance uh-huh. the keys meant something so like for instance the key of d you would compose a song in the key of d if it was royal um and so the society associated this key with royalty and they associated different keys with different things. And I didn't know that. Yeah. It's actually very fascinating. There's a whole chart. I have it on my phone somewhere. Um, that is it because of like a, it's because of how they thought they sound sounded. Sorry. Okay. So they would say, this sounds like this. I'm going to compose it for this, but then it became a mainstream. Like this is what you do. And that carried through Western classical music, um, to today. And I think inherently there's still, some warmness to, to flats and some sharpness to, or some brightness to sharp keys. Um, and I think that's because of how they resonate. Um, but I uh, also a large part of that is just the, um, historically that's how music's been written. Huh? Interesting. So we're getting kind of technical here, but this is fun. Uh, I think, and this is probably, I, I guess I haven't looked this up, but like major happy, minor, sad, and I think it's because a major key, which is one, three, five, uh, everything resonates. Like the overtones of everything, literally you take a bowl and you tap on it, it's going to be the fundamental and then it's going to be an octave and then f- because it's just half the wavelength and then, and then a third of uh, the wavelength oh, third is first. a fifth. Okay. Is oh, a fifth. right, 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 right. Yep. And then a four, yeah. fourth of it is another octave. Right. And then a fifth of it is a third. Right. So yeah, right so. there, you have one, five, three. Mm-hmm. Those are the first. It overtones. exists inside of the sound already, and it's literally there. Right. Um. But then on a minor chord, it's that minor third, and which is is in the overtone series, but it's it's way up there. It's yeah, like seven it's, away. It's se- yeah, it's a seventh digit because you. I'm not going to go into the nerdy part of it, but yes, but right. it's like sad because it's not a piece of the universe that we know. Right. Well, I think I think it's interesting. In fact, just today I was talking to my students and we were trying to differentiate happy versus sad in major and minor keys because that's the easiest way to, to, to describe it. But to me, um, to adults who are invested in music, we know that that's not the case. In fact, um, the way I describe folk music oftentimes is sad music that's sung in a happy way, right? Nice, yeah. Right? Because we're telling, we're, telling, uh, we're telling people the, the, the troubles of our hearts Um, but that doesn't mean we're sad about it. It just means we're sharing it. And so I have been so far unsuccessful, but I love trying to write in flat in not in minor keys because I think that there's some brilliance and some, some, some happiness that exists there. And I just haven't discovered it yet. So I love experimenting with it. Folk music, three chords and the truth, three chords and the truth. Just say what you mean to say and use different words. Music is... I love music just because it's a fundamental piece of like the universe. Mm. Like everything is vibrations. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to sound hippie or woo Super with hippie. that, but that's everything. Right. Well, and music has existed as long as we know that people have existed. Mm-hmm. And if not before that, birds make music. I mean, it's just a natural part of our existence, regardless of whether you're committed to it like we are or not. It kind of seems like a meaningless thing to do. Uh, I I never thought of it like that. I love that. But it's kind of a reason why I really enjoy it. I have trouble sometimes trying to feel useful or like that my work is being meaningful. 
Hmm. And uh, like music is kind of the direct opposite. It's like very meaningless. There's no reason to do it, right. but it's so meaningful to people. Right. And if you write a song that resonates with people, that's like the most powerful thing. Hmm. But it's also just so meaningless. Like that's your song's not doing work. It's right. not building a building. Right. Well, I think I think a lot of our existence feels like that, where it's you're you're stuck between. Well, me, this one individual won't make an impact, but also like, I can't live not doing anything at all. Where I, that's how I feel is where it's like, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just some guy, but also like, this guy has to do something. He can't not do anything. Like that's not an option. I refuse to believe that that's the only option. Um, so if making music's what I can do, I might as well. Even if no one listens to it, if it's for myself, great. Yeah, I mean, that's that's meaningful enough to you. Uh, I remember, so I went to UNL for engineering, and when I graduated, I had a meeting with my uh, advisor, and she asked me what I was doing, and at that point, I didn't have a job lined up, mm. and I had several DJing gigs, <laughs> and uh, I said, I'm just going to DJ weddings for a bit, and I remember she, well... She's used some strong words, but she said, uh, uh, she said it, I'd be a failure or it'd be, I would basically, there's better things to be doing than with that. your time. Right. Yeah. She's, she's saying I would fail the system by doing that. Or like, don't you want to do something more meaningful? I was surprised that she said that and like, she kind of noticed that, but I was like, damn, like. Maybe you're right, but at the same time, this is really meaningful for me and for the people that I'm working with. Mm. But in your opinion, like doing something would be better. Right. Doing <laughs> something. something. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think that something everyone is battling with is this like, this want to be heard, understood, to be seen, um, to understand, hear, and see also. But really, and maybe a, a hot take from me, but does any of it actually matter? Um, and not to get philosophical, but I mean, does it? And if it doesn't, then do whatever the hell you want. Hell and, yeah. and my other opinion is if it does, do whatever the hell you want. Uh, and I don't think I don't think people vibe with that very easily. I think it's a hard reality no. to real like to realize to that it maybe doesn't matter. And if it does, so what? Nope. Dude, I vibe with that. And I think that was kind of what I was trying to explain earlier. Like even engineering, building buildings, does that matter? Like mm. does society matter? Right. I mean, obviously it matters to us and to people and I love people, but in the grand scheme of things, we're still just this like dot in space. Right. And right. it's like, why not make music? Why not? Right. And, and if it's all purposeless and so. Yeah. If you're making yourself happy, that's where something. Right. Which is what literally what we started with. That's, I think that's where you and I find lots right. of self-fulfillment is that I think maybe not in all cases, but in lots of cases, we have made the realization that, some of it doesn't matter. And so we're just going to like do what we got to do to survive and do what makes us happy. You are doing an engineering job to survive and doing what makes you happy. I'm 
working a job that I love to try to get to the path that I want to be on and doing what makes me happy. That's what matters. That's what we're doing. Yep. And I come home every day and play my guitar to no one. And I come home every day and wish I could play my guitar to to you. Oh, baby. <laughs> Call me up. <laughs> uh, well, that's why we're here together today to to talk and to make some music. Together. Hell yeah. Uh, we're drinking Coors Banquet. <laughs> And earlier, what did we have? We had a um, I don't uh, Thai beer. Thai beer. I don't remember what it was, exactly Thai, it was. It was T-H-A-I. very nice. It was very, very, very smooth. It was the official beer of Thailand. Really? I don't know. That's what the bottle said. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it well, seems pretty bold. And we had a nice... Con- this is completely unrelated. We had a very nice conversation about diets. Yeah. And carbohydrates. Absolutely. Completely unrelated. But I think that the... Imp- no, it's completely unrelated. Now you, I go, I go for it. Uh, let me preface that. You preface. And then you. So, um, both Ben and I are very skinny. If you were to see us, True. you'd be a little concerned about our health. But don't worry, we're healthy men. We eat a lot, a lot, a lot, and we drink and a lot. It doesn't go anywhere. Nowhere. But we were talking. We were just talking yeah. about yeah. um how well specifically Asian cultures, places that we want to exist and be, be a part of how well they eat. Um, yes. Specifically in terms of health. Exactly. Um, they eat in terms like lots of greens, they eat lots of vegetables, um, they, rice, which are really good carbs, couscous, really good carbs. And we think about, we were just talking about diets and such. And um, it's interesting because you and I don't diet. Right. We don't really see I, the I need. I will for- say though, we do eat very well. Correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what you eat and it's good whole foods, real. Yeah. It's legit real, food. really rice and veggies and that's yeah. about it. And I, I eat a lot of food, but it's, it's only ever, it's food that at one point was alive. Right. So, and I don't, I don't know. We, I, I had mentioned that, um, there's this, I read this study once about, um, Italy, Italy. You talk about Italy for 10 seconds. I'm going to grab a beer. Do you want one? I will take another beer. Okay. Italy. Um, so, there's some cities in Italy which are substantially more, um, not more, more. They're just older. They have older populations. They have more people who are above the average age. Um, and the reason that is is they they did some studying about what's different about these people, what's different about what they're doing, um, and the difference. Ooh, the difference Crisp. was that they're eating only carbs. Their diet is mostly pastas. And you and I were just talking about how really that's what we eat. We're runners, we're cyclists, we're athletes, we're people who have no limitations on their diet. Um, And so that means that we eat a lot of carbs. Um, It was just an interesting conversation for us to have. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Did I tell you about when I got my poop analyzed? Mm Mm-mm. So I got my shit analyzed. Um, I just... I won't go into too much detail about it, but basically I wiped my ass and I took a (laughs) Q-tip and I uh, put it on the paper towel and got a little little bit of poop. I thought you were going to say you did like a COVID (laughs) test, but up your butt. Uh, Not quite. Well, that's probably for the best. And then I put it in a tube and I sent it off. And then this lab told me like, hey, this is all the bacteria in your body right now. And this That's is like crazy. the food that you should eat, and this is what you That's shouldn't wild. eat. I found out that my body does exceptionally well with carbs, really well with lactose, and really well with alcohol. 
And Ooh, nice. speaking of alcohol. And that that bodes well for me because I enjoy most of those things. Did you know that these have little um Yeah. Little uh, messages? Read it. Made with Rocky Mountain water. What does yours say? An honest day's work might take days. <laughs> does it actually say that? Yeah. Well, m- mine's way. Mine's just a fact about the product. Yours is like an honest day's work might take days. I like that though. Yeah, that's inspiring. Talk. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Absolutely. Like good work is going to take longer than you want it to. I love that. It takes many days to get good at doing one thing. Ten thousand hours, right? Yeah. Do you subscribe to that? I don't know. I think everything is practice. It is. It totally is. I mean, that's what music is. All of good music is practice. Yeah. Um, this podcast is practice. Right. Sorry to break it to you folks, but uh, I'm doing this to get better at podcasting. And I'm doing this because I love spending time with Ty. You're always welcome on the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know if I've subscribed to the 10 hours. Uscri- subscribe? Can you subscribe to something? That's I said subscribe, but ascribe was be the uh, also yeah, correct. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if it takes ten thousand hours. I mean, that's. I a think l- it does. You think it does? Yeah. Ten thousand hours is like thirty plus of doing it daily since you're fifteen. Uh, thirty like, minutes a day. Like thirty to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like fifteen plus years. It's a decade of doing. If you only do 300, if you do 300 hours a year, it would take you. Oh, good point. Right. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's insane. I guess you're right. If you want to be like, Oh shit, you're right. 30 years. Yeah. If you want to be a master, like, if, like the, the absolute best, I think 10,000 is absolutely huh. true. Like if I want to be the conductor and yeah. choral leader that I want to be, it's going to take me until I'm 50. Like that's just the reality. And I'm, hmm. I'm like. 20 days off of turning 23. So I have a lot of time, but yeah, sorry. I keep burping. This beer is making me burpy. That's part of the podcast. Modern folk burp. Oh, it's a thing. I love that. Uh, I don't know if it's a staple of the podcast. It but, should be. Um, we'll make it all a the podcast. This is number three and all of them have been with there. Those. There were burps. Yeah. And, um, I don't mind it. I think it makes it more real. Absolutely. And how many times do you hear a crisp burp yeah. on the internet? The answer is... A well-produced belch. The, the answer is not often. So really, you're providing a service that is not accessible everywhere Great. else. And sound, sound snip that out. <laughs> <laughs> it can be... It can, you, can in, you can add it to the, the intro song. Modern folk, they make good friends. <laughs> oh, Yes. Yes. I'll tell you a little bit more about the podcast. It's called Modern Folk. And um, it it stemmed off of a project that I was calling Modern Folk, which is an album that I am still working on. But I realized that I needed more time and I needed to learn more. And I still need to learn something to release an entire album. I want it to be Mm. something very special. And... I just need to like practice and learn. So uh, I was trying to think about like making a podcast and then I just like was like, oh yeah, we're going to call it modern folk because modern people, modern folk music. And then it's an opportunity for me to share some of my music 
in a space that doesn't like matter as much. Right. Like, well, this also is, none of it matters. Yeah. Good point. That's a great point. <laughs> but like this is, you know, released out, um, to the world on Spotify right. and two everything. Two people we know. Right. Yeah. And I want that to be the case. I want to release it out, but it doesn't have to be like super polished. Hmm. And like, I want, so my album, like that's going to be a piece of my life that I think is one of the most meaningful pieces of like what I've done. And so I want it to be something special, something when I'm 60, I can still play and be like, yeah, that was sweet. I'm also going to release it on vinyl. Mm. Oh shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's well, gotta be. So it's, it's nice that you brought that up because you and I really are on probably similar path, if not trajectories and yeah. places in regards to our so. like folk journey, uh-huh. um, where I have lots of decent and good, um, stuff that's been written mostly incomplete. Um, but making an album is on my, my to-do list as well. Um, and we've talked about us collaborating even, um, in, in significant ways. And so, um, I, I just, I love this idea that you are using the podcast and also experiencing other people's music as a way to learn and get more experienced. Um, because that's what I keep saying to myself is like, I want to do this, but I'm like not ready yet. Or like, I'm not a good enough poet yet, or I'm not enough, good enough writer yet. Yeah. Um, and my, I keep my, running into these things. Yeah. My problem was, I just don't, I can record stuff, but I just don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't know if it's good. Right. Like I'm not like analyzing my music. I'm just saying, I don't know if the recording is good. Right. And so this is an opportunity for me to record audio, get really comfortable with my setup and my system get it on Spotify, listen to it in my car and mm. like verify, Oh, that sounds good. As opposed to just releasing an entire album. Stuck with that forever. I can recreate it or whatever, but still. Right. The first one should be, should be of serious quality of serious merit. Yep. Especially like, it's not that like, yes, you and I both know that maybe what we create is insignificant, but also like, it matters to us. So what we're going to make is going to be good period. It, that's the only option. If not better than good, it has to be that or above. So I love it. I'm also using this podcast as an opportunity to talk to people. And, um, I mentioned to Ben earlier today that some of the quality or how I talk isn't great. There is some things <laughs> that I'm annoyed by my voice, but it's fine. I'm not going to edit these podcasts mm. there. I'm just putting it out there and I want to get better by doing it a lot. I just want to be so comfortable that every week I'm doing this, that when I'm, you know, doing higher profile guests or I don't know, something that's more meaningful, I'm ready. More meaningful than me? Nah, I didn't mean okay, that. Okay, right. That's what I thought. Uh, ben, when you're ready to do this again, I'll be better. <laughs> Yeah, I, I vote that we go on a, a summer a summer biking trip and then we oh, we, yes. we talk about it. Let's do it. And we bring our guitars in the van and, Absolutely. We, and we talk about we talk about we, we even write a song, we talk about it. And Hell yeah. we just reflect on the experience and why it was valuable. I think that'd be really, really awesome. So I want to do this every week. Um right. until I'm I can't do it. Like dead can't yeah. do it? Oh, uh, okay, damn. Which like I mean that sounds impressive or whatever, and maybe I won't do it. I'll probably forget sometime. But like if I do that, I, oh, I was just thinking like when I'm 40, what I want to be doing probably this. I want right. to be talking to cool people, right? Meeting and new by people. then, 
uh, if I do 50 a year, by the time I'm 40, I'll be episode 1,000. Right. Isn't that crazy? And then it's like, oh, shit, like in 1,000 episodes, I'm probably going to be pretty good. Right. You th- so, you'll you be ready to pr- release your album before you're 40, oh, though, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, I'm going to, re- I'll release the album uh, within a year. I think I'll be ready in two. But I'll, I'll only be ready because you'll record all of my music. Yeah, I'll produce that. And I'll pay you. With love and beer. Perfect. That sounds great. And cash, if that's what you need. Ah, it's fine. (laughs) It's like, it's funny. This whole endeavor is kind of cost me a lot of money, Mm. but it's like, this is the essence of who I am. So like I'm working or I'm saving money so I can do things like this. So I can make music. And so I don't, I would love to make money with it, but that's not why I'm doing it. Right. Even with this podcast, it's like, I've spent a lot of money to produce it and I've decided to not do ads because I wouldn't make a lot of money on ads right. and What's that, that ruins the aesthetic of what I'm doing. No, absolutely. <laughs> it, it takes away from, from the conversation. I actually started a podcasting, uh, hosting service and I bought a yearly subscription for it. Oh, okay. And I started using it, and they didn't give me the freedom to place ads where I wanted to. As in, oh. they... And they didn't tell me what ads would play. And I was like, mm, fuck that. Right, So then you have no control over And I couldn't actually... get a refund on it, which it wasn't that much money. But I was like, mm, I can't do that. So I did another service that was more expensive that allowed me to... Uh, place my own ads which i'm not doing any right and i really enjoyed that so yeah so y'all should be happy that i spent 80 dollars <laughs> that's that's big no bu- that's big bucks for zero profit uh this this podcast is brought to you by bowtie audio that's true uh um, the best djing company in nebraska yeah probably. the only djing company that i've heard of in nebraska <laughs> all right do you have competition i do okay but not serious competition. Uh, there's there are some good folks out there. I guess I'm not like, I I'm not intending to get married soon, so I'm not like actively in search for a DJ. And if I was, I already know yeah. who my DJ would be. So I love it. No, there's some other good companies. Actually, uh, you you would not be my DJ. You'd be <laughs> you'd be in a part of the wedding. So sweet. I'll I'll uh, play music though, for free or whatever. We'll play music. All right, that sounds great. That's way better. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really enjoy DJing weddings, and I love my clients. It's not my end game. So, what's the end game with Bowtie then? Now I'm interviewing you. All right, let's go. Uh, things like this, but um, also making my own music, playing my own music, mm. uh, doing festivals. Could you imagine DJing festivals, opening for bands? That, yeah, I, that's how I feel sometimes too. Like, and I think that's a part of the reason I want to like run away to a van, is because it do is the end goal being a director at the college level. Absolutely, it's what I will be the most successful at. Period. I really believe that. But also, like, do I want to run away from the world and ride my bikes and make music and then share that music with people who love folk music? Oh my gosh, yeah, you bet I do. Um, and like. To me, it's a pipe dream. Um, but I think you could really, could really like be successful in folk writing and 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 what you're doing right now. Like this is going to turn into something. I mean, fifty downloads on your first 
Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> 50 downloads on the first episode. If Dude, you haven't checked the first episode. I'm not going to brag, but if I had an ad placement, I'll do the math cents. here. That is almost a dollar. A dollar? It's about $18 per thousand. So streams. you're only you're only a few thousand dollars in the hole. A dollar per how many streams? Uh, so it's about 90 cents. That's pretty solid. Uh, it's around $18 per thousand streams. Okay, that would have paid for um, nothing. a 70th of our dinner. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny, like, people work, they work hard all of their life so they can retire and have time to travel the world mm. and, like, just relax um, whereas I'm kind of trying to just travel the world and relax without having to retire. Right. And I'm spending all my money, not traveling, not relaxing. And oh, but you're setting yourself up. That's that. true. That's true. But th- my goal is like, I don't want to hit 60 and then it just be easy. Like that's no fun. Oh yeah. Like if we hit 60 and then we like have completely dismissed this entire conversation that we just had, like there's no point. Yeah. No. I, I want to get to 60 and be like, Oh shit! Like I gotta like figure something out because I got I got life in me and I'm gonna figure something. I got I got to do something. So, um, do I want my life now to be easy and a, a fruitful and um, luxurious? Of course. I also want to str- struggle. I want to struggle and I want to adventure. And the goal is to do that for as long as my small little frail body breathes. That was a wimpy, sad burp. Oh man, I'm embarrassed. No, but you're right. Like we're in the prime of our life, lives. Um, our life. You, this you is were our right, life. You were right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> just nine to five. That just doesn't seem right. No, it's dreadful. I do seven to three, which is essentially the same thing. But yeah, it's, but you're it's like easy. You're inspiring young lives. Right, and I get summers off. Yeah. I'm, and they pay me to sing. It's a total scam. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm winning. I get to practice every day. I tell students to like music and they're like, okay, you're cool. Sure. It's great. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, musical mode? Mode? Like yeah. like a mode? Like like I Dorian? Oh, shit. Okay. Um, do you know what Locrian is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what the modes. I like Locrian. Um, it's not usable. Phrygian? <laughs> Phrygian is usable. Uh, I think Dorian... And Lydian. Mixolydian? And Mixolydian. Mixolydian is every rock Are the, solo. Right. The most usable. Um, but I would t- I, I've really been liking Dorian, which is... Dorian's my favorite. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> right. It's just taking... <laughs> taking the key of C and playing it in D. Um, yeah. Which which is nice because you... you you get rid of your tension in the seventh scale degree, um, and you replace it with with another another place that feels almost like home, um, which is really really nice for folk music actually. Also for absolutely also for church music. I, singing uh-huh. at Saint Cecilia is almost everything's written in Dorian. Yeah, um, which I, I see that I found to be really interesting. Uh, was so. Dorian was that the first mode that they first mode? Yep. Okay. D minor. That's also uh, Carlos Santana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He only ever plays touring. <laughs> you know, if you're really good at it, that's all you should do. Yeah. Just blast it out.
That was a beer break. Sorry, everyone. Beer break brought to you by Bowtie Audio. And Coors Light. <laughs> Coors Banquet. <laughs> Is it we different got, than Coors Light? Oh, yeah. We got the stubby cans, the same, stubby glasses. It's the same tonight. brand, though, right? Yeah, but this is the OG beer. The bougie, yeah. This is the high-carb beer. We've, we've probably, the amount of calories we've consumed in beer alone today, yeah. probably near, near a 1,000? Probably. Yeah. Because I bet these are, even though, uh, let's see. That doesn't say. In the uh, la- 147. Okay, so the last one's maybe more like 750. Calories. Uh, 12 grams of carbs. That's a lot of carbs. But there's protein, so... Yeah, that's actually a full uh, meal. That's a full meal. And we've had two. After two beers and dinner. Yep. We've had six full meals in the past three hours. I think we'll be okay. We'll wake up tomorrow and be fine. Uh, what else has new been? Um, I mean... Do you want to go to uh, questions from fans? Are there questions from fans? Yes. Uh, you have fans? Or I have, we have fans? We have fans. I'll take a question from a fan. Uh, this is a question from Chase Purcell. Tell me about it. Uh, ben, what is your favorite trail in Lincoln or Omaha? Ooh, that is a good question. I have a definitive answer based on whether you're running or riding. Okay. If you're running, my favorite trails are in that wilderness park um which is southwest i'm pretty sure yeah. it's called wilderness park yep. southwest mm-hmm. lincoln yep. it's full of a bunch of biking running and horse trails yep, um, and my favorite about. thing to do is run on the horse trails because no one ever rides their horses no one has horses in southwest lincoln um and if you run the horse trails it turns wilderness park into like a 20 mile loop um, and it's probably one of the most exhausting and exhilarating things of all time. In fact, I think that the day that I got stuck in the middle of wilderness, that loop that I was doing, I snapped to you about it. Um, I ended up doing 20 miles that day. Um, right. And it was awesome. And then I didn't walk really the next day. It was pretty rough. Because you didn't realize that yeah, you went I, so far and you just... I couldn't turn around. do the whole loop. Yeah, it was either like seven miles back the way I had come or eight miles to home. And like at that point, I'm just going to commit. So I committed. Um, but it was awesome. It was really, really great. Um, but if you're riding, I really love the Mopac, but only the Mopac after you get past Eagle, Ah, yes. because once you get past Eagle, there's nobody else on it. And it just turns into like what I think of when I think of like getting off of I-80 in Nebraska, people are always like, Nebraska is so flat. It's like, well, you've only ever driven on I-80. And then you get to the trails and the dirt roads and really you realize that Nebraska is this crazy textured land and it's just filled with these gorgeous farms and rows of trees. It's gold and green. Um, so, yeah, I'd say if you ever if you ever make it out to the taco ride, I would go early um, and I would ride past Eagle about five miles and just, just bask in it because it, it gets really beautiful out there. Yes, it does. Have you done the Wabash? Is that the in one Iowa? in Iowa? Yeah. Doesn't it go to Kansas? Uh, I don't back. think so. Oh. Not the one I'm thinking. I've ridden Wabash. I think is what no. It's you're right. I would. I've ridden some of it. They also do a taco ride. I've not ridden all of it. And they go out to uh, some bar in Iowa. Hmm. It's Omaha's taco ride. Oh, they. I didn't realize. Oh, so they start at like. Do they start at Wabash, Nebraska? Or? Uh, no, they start in oh, Omaha, like, and, ca- and then they, they go across to Council Bluffs. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I've it's, heard it's, about it's it. Out, I've never done it's it. It's further. Now. It's like. 
It's a 20 mile ride. Okay. Well, I'm not riding right now, so I've, I'm really not, not in the loop with Nebraska riding currently. Um, but I, there are some races this summer, which I intend to be healed and ready to, to race in. And I expect to do decently depending on how my fitness goes, which I'm excited about. That'll be really, really cool. Where are those? They're, uh, all based in Omaha or Lincoln. Um, in the early two thousands, Nebraska had a criterium series, a criterium also known as a crit. It's basically like 20 miles short sprinty race. So it's punchy. You're knocking elbows with people as fast as you can go. Um, normally they're 40 minutes to an hour 20, depending on how long. Um, and they died when the old guys turned into old guys and had to do things with their lives. They're doing three races this year. Um, and they're, um, like they're registered with the national cycling association. So that means when you race in them, you get points, um, to race on the national level, which is really, really cool. So that's awesome. I don't think I'll be podiuming in any of those. I certainly, I can guarantee you I won't be, but the goal would be to be competitive at All some, right. at some level. So. All right. Tell me about some of the bikes. Yeah. Well, I currently own, oh God, I have to count. I currently own five bikes and three frames um, that I'm actively building up. Um, I have a bike that we're sitting next to. All beautiful yellow. Beautiful lemon. Yep. And its lemon name color. is its name is Lemon, actually. Um and a vintage race in the early two thousands, something someone like Lance Armstrong would have ridden. He would have ridden a trek, but um this is actually Greg LeMond's frame. He designed it. And it's built with time correct parts. Um and the thing weighs in at eighteen point six pounds. So this bike is Ounce, eight ounces? No, pounds. Pounds? Yeah. 18 pounds? Yeah. I got to think about that for a second. Keep talking. Okay. So 18 pounds, that's how heavy this bike is. Um, It might seems heavy? No. Very light. 18 pounds. For a steel bike. Okay. From the early 2000s. What are your other bikes? What do they weigh? Yeah. So my fastest and lightest bike is fully carbon. Um, It is a road bike. This, the Le Mans was also a road bike. Um, It's a specialized red. It's red. It's pretty sweet. Um, and it weighs 16.5 pounds. Okay. So it's two, okay. it's two pounds lighter, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a climbing bike. So it's not built to, it's also not an aero bike. So it's built to be in somewhere in between light and fast. Um, the next bike, um, is, is, um, a gravel Ty is picking up one of the bikes actively so he can measure. So you're talking pounds? Pounds. Ounces. Pounds. Pounds? Yeah. 18 pounds. Yeah. You're just stronger than you think you are. A gallon of milk weighs eight pounds. That's 18 pounds. Okay. I've weighed it. If it was 18 ounces, I would be the fastest rider in the, the world. Yeah. 18 ounces would be <laughs> like a pound. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. Yeah. Just, I'm, uh... I'm probably right. Um, so the lightest one's 16. I have a gravel bike, all white. Its name is Konzu. Konzu is the Egyptian god of the moon. Um, and the full suspension mountain bike, this is the most recent purchase. Um, and the full suspension mountain bike, um, weighs 27 pounds. Um, now that I've upgraded it and equipped some new things on it. So that thing, it's significantly heavier, but most mountain bikes total in at plus 30 pounds. Uh, I Googled the average weight of a typical road bike and it's 18 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. So this bike from the early 2000s, 2001 is where the frames from the parts are from 1999. This frame is is the the pound of the average road bike nowadays. 
Um, I also, my last bike I own currently that is rideable is named Franklin. It's my first bike I ever bought. After you and I went on our ride, I bought, um, I bought a bike I needed to ride. I was the Trek. I bought the Trek. Yep. Um, that bike weighs 23 pounds. Um, it's pretty heavy, but it makes a really good, uh, trainer bike. So now it permanently sits on my trainer and when it's not on my trainer, I'm commuting on it. Um, so besides that, I own three frames that I'm actively building up. One of which is for you, Ty. Um, I love it. I'm only, so excited. The only thing I'm missing, I'm missing one part. I can't find it. It, it doesn't actually exist technically. So I need to change some other parts to be compatible with, with what I actually have to get for your frame. Um, but besides that, the bike's ready and the parts are, I own the parts. Um, and then I, I just own a bunch of little Mon frames. I love the, their carbon frames. They're steel frames with carbon forks. And so... Uh, my goal, eventually, when I'm more fiscally stable, and maybe once I own a van, is to take those old frames and add um, brand new parts. Um, so, like top of the line racing parts to beautiful steel frames to make um, gorgeous racing bikes um, that have a vintage taste to them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet actually. And I mean, I wish the audience could see it, but the the yellow bike is gorgeous, it even has a matching wheel set. So. Uh, Ben, where do you find the most happiness? Ooh, uh, it's a hard question to ask I, or to answer even. Um, I, I'm not sure that I know exactly. I think it comes from a lot of different places. Um, you and I are both very involved with a nonprofit called Launch. Um, shout out to launch, shout out to launch leadership, which albeit occasionally has frustration and, and growing pains, um, is one of the most rewarding experiences that you and I both share. Um, but I also feel very validated from the music that I make and help others create. Um, and I haven't ridden my bike in a while, but when I ride my bike, I, I don't know if there's any feeling like it. So I really think, I, I really think I have to be on my bike. I feel, I feel the most at peace and the most myself when I get to ride my bike by myself and I'm 60 miles gone and there's not a single soul who cares where I am. I mean that to me, like this feeling of disconnect from the world and being able to listen to just music or nothing in some cases, um, that to me is the, is the spot where I'm, I'm completely sold on what's going on in the moment. I love that. It's just easy. That's why I love it. It's just, I, I could do it forever. I really could. I love that. Uh, last year I challenged myself to run 500 miles, which, um, isn't hard if you just do it like every, every day. Right. Yeah. But I also told myself that I would do all 500 miles without listening to music or anything. Oh, I didn't know that part of the the commitment. Uh, it seemed daunting off the bat, but once I got into it, I really enjoyed it and it was a time for me to meditate. So I would meditate while I ran and yeah, I just, I look forward to it because we're always, uh, inundated with stimulus and right. There's always something, always sound. We have to think, mm. but just to like, let your body do nothing. Yeah. It's kind of nice. I love that when I ride, I mean, it typically the a yeah. ride is two to seven hours. And so for me, like seven hours of silence isn't an option, but two or three or four of those hours total is in silence. And so that's what I do love about cycling is that it's so much more of an endurance sport. 
Um, not that si- that running isn't, but in terms of physical time spent, mm-hmm. um, I can I can cycle for longer than I can run, which means I can yeah, do sure. more time in silence or listening to music. And I, and I love I love that meditation. It's totally what it is. When you just it's you and you paying attention to your body, um, what your body needs, what it wants. In my case, sometimes what the machine, the bike also needs. You are the machine. I, well, that's the damn truth right there. The damn truth. Nothing but, um, but the it, damn it is truth. a form of meditation. Just any exercise is a form of meditation. Right. No, absolutely. If you if you make it out to be. Right. Especially when you're pushing your body to its limits and mm-hmm. and convincing yourself that you you physically can make it through those limits. That I think that's um, one of my most favorite experiences in any form of sport, whether it be in the weight room, running, or riding, is going oh shit i don't know if i can do this and then you being like but wait even if i can't like i I have to i have to try and then trying it and being like oh wait you can i i literally i literally did this i can do this and and making that like personal discovery um when you don't trust yourself it's it's really cool to like gain trust in yourself through that experience absolutely i i get that with running in that like when i was in high school a 10k was daunting that was like a lot every summer we would have this 10k uh for like the fourth of july and i remember doing it and i'd be like that's too much i ran long distance Mm. but it was only ever three miles right for cross country and so six miles was that's crazy you can't do that and i remember doing it and i would be like sore and just tuckered out from (laughs) from this race and now i'm running I do three 10 Ks a week. Right. And it's like no big deal. I can do a 10 K I mean, whenever you're running, you're running more than most, what most people walk in a week. Yeah. But it's like my body. I know it's not even my body. It's my mind. I know that I can do a 10 K. Right. Well, and any, so almost anyone, almost anyone can do a 10 K. Literally anyone can do it anyone, from the couch. Yeah. Yep. But you don't know that you can, your mind's not adjusted to it. Right. And so now the thing is a marathon. So I mm. know I can do a marathon. Right. And so now it's like, that's not a daunting that's task. Not, it's not enough anymore. Well, sort of, sort of, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's all in your head. Right. And so I'm doing a, I'm doing the Lincoln marathon here this in a few months, which I'll be there to support you. Amazing. And I'll I definitely need to train more. I'm working on it, but I'm not scared about it. Right. It's like, I know I can do it. Like tomorrow I could do it. Right. And even if you, even if you, the day of miss pace or, or, or aren't ready the way you thought you were, you're, you have the mental fortitude to cross the finish line period. Like you yep. will, that's just, you have to, yep. um, I, before I injured myself, I did a, a race called gravel worlds. It's 150 miles. I actually, there's a sign right above our heads right now. Uh, my bib number 461 shout out to that guy um 150 miles 150 miles straight consecutive um i did on gravel on gravel so not on my fast bikes um and in fact i did that on my commuter bike because my gravel bike hadn't arrived yet so i did it on a pretty heavy bike how long does it take to do 150 miles um depends on who you are how long did it take you um i had a moving time of nine hours and 43 minutes um and I, i spent a lot of time resting um because it was my first time ever doing that sort of endurance event and 
that's awesome. It was it was awesome, but I remember being thirty miles from the end. Um, I had just stuffed a hot dog down my throat, and I know, right? And I was eating salt. I was literally eating salt packets. And I said, I'm done. I'm just going to sit here until the event's over. Um, and then some dude was like, stop being a pussy. Stand up. Get on your bike and, and ride your bike to the finish. Dude, just, your mind is, it's powerful and it can sabotage you. Sometimes. Right, it completely sabotaged me. I mean, I was told, I mean, I was physically, I was, I mean, that race, I was at the end. I was at like 5,000 miles. I was literally at the peak of my fitness for the year. But I'd never ridden that long consecutively. But now I've done it. And next year, I've already signed up for it again. But um, after next year, I mean, this year I'm going to crush it. I'm going to, I'm not going to stop at all. I'm going to stop to grab food and then I'm moving on. I'm going to piss myself on my bike. I don't care. Um, the goal also, is. Also, where'd you get that hot dog? Uh, they, they gave it to me. Okay. <laughs> they just I slinging out hot dogs? Yeah, they were just like, I didn't like pack it pack no no i okay (laughs) yes they it was was supplied um but like this next year my goal is to just absolutely crush that because they have a 350 mile race holy shit ben and that is the that's like that's the that's the thing in nebraska Uh, yeah it's the same race it just starts a whole day earlier the fastest time for completing that race i think was like 34 hours do people sleep you either sleep or you sleep while riding. Yes. I also, so speaking of sleeping while riding, there is a race I want to do. It's not really a race. It's more of like an event. It's called the festive 500 between December 25th and the new year. Um, in Washington state, there is a 500 kilometer ride. Oh, okay. And every year, um, a group of individuals does it without stopping. Um, so they don't sleep at all. Um, it takes them almost two days straight. Um, and they, they do the 500 kilometers without sleeping. Um, and I would love to travel up there one day when I'm ready and am trained enough through the exhaustion to be able to do that. But, um, you can participate in the festive 500 from around the world. In fact, I did the festive 500 the year before I just rode it on my, my trainer. So I did 500 kilometers between the 25th and the first, which was really awesome. Hmm. That's impressive. It just, it takes, all it takes is time. It, like physically is not a huge feat. Like you can do that at any speed. There's no time limits, right? So really when yeah, you're willing to commit the time, then you're set. And cycling is all about time because it takes more, it takes more time to get the same exercise. Well, Ben, um, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah. It's been really nice. Actually. Um, we're going to do this. Many more times. I hope so. I can't I, wait. I uh, plan on doing this until I'm at least 50. And I will know you at least until I'm dead. So oh, I plan. On, I also plan on dying before you, just by the way. Like 60 is when I plan on going out. Really? 64. Dude, I think, I think you're going to you're gonna make it to 100. Oh, I don't know if I want to be that old, really. No, oh, you're going to be in great shape. That's probably true. Cyclists do live forever. It's yep. kind of ridiculous. Yep. Um, ben, what's the meaning of life? Um... We'll have to find out in the next episode of Ty and Rempy on Modern Folk. So, <laughs> uh, Ben, why do you make music? Um, I know that I have something to say. I just don't know what it is yet, and I am wanting to use music to figure out figure it out. So, hell yeah, dude, that's how I go day by day. <laughs> <laughs>
I open my mouth and uh, words come out and they usually aren't the right They're ones. They're not the right ones. And then you say... And I'm working on it. You say, I'm going to write that again or I'm going to say that again to the next person who comes along. Uh, I'm going to go uh, take a leak. Oh, shoot. I have to do that too. Do I have to talk the whole time? No, I'm going to pause it. And Good. when we come back, I'm going to play a little song here and uh, yeah, wish y'all a... a beautiful day or... we have a little ditty to end the, the whole night yeah so um this is the modern folk podcast with uh ben Saul and we'll benjamin Saul. all right folks this is benjamin Saul and ty rempy original folk music ready and my melodies are such a fickle thing Every time I sit and write, I change up what I sing. My heart's the same, can't decide who it wants. When everyone feels like home, no one's the one. The grass has lost its green and the sky has lost its light. Inspiration daily Falling from my side The poetry I wrote to you Has fizzled into lust Trying to write a song There's no words that I can trust My melodies Are such a fickle thing Every time I sit and write I change up what I sing my heart's the same Can't decide who it wants When everyone feels like home No one's the one